0: Hello, everyone. My name is Laika and welcome to Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. So for today, Stevie is not in the office today, so I am here on her behalf. It is so much fun because this is Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner and it's our favorite, favorite podcast show on Italian Wine Podcast. So for today, we are having another Clubhouse with Anna Obuhubskaya. I'm so excited because I will be seeing Anna tomorrow at the Via Gita Scholastica in Etna. And so, yes, so that's it. And so for today, she will be interviewing Alessandra Desari. Okay, so this is our 118th episode now on Clubhouse Ambassador's Corner, and it's been really A labor of love because we've got our Italian wine ambassadors interviewing their favorite Italian wine producers, introducing them to us, and for sure, also sharing it to the Italian wine community at large. So um, before I begin, I will just be introducing Anna Obuvskaya. So she has obtained 14 years of expertise in wine retail, marketing and sales, worked in a number of bigger companies and independent projects, found the Italian Wine Tasting Club. In 2023, she became an Italian wine ambassador. Driven by passion for European wines, she moved from St. Petersburg in Russia to the charming Slovenia. Currently, she's holding a position of a portfolio development and sales expert at Dobro Vino, a wine importing company in Ljubljana. So how are you today, Anna? Oh, good, good, doing good.
1: I'm also excited to be going to Taormina Gourmet tomorrow. I'm starting tomorrow. So we'll see other ambassadors, and it looks like a great program. Tastings mm-hmm. and some uh, visits uh, to the wineries. So I guess some of the listeners of Clubhouse already attended. So you guys know how it feels. I don't yet.
0: <laughs> yes, right now we've got Kevin Slawek, Valentina, Yegas. Ellen, Elena, Elena, uh, they're here. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for always listening to Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. We are recording the session, so it will go to everywhere around the world. Yes, so going back to the Via Gita Scholastica, it's something that is, I guess, it's also my first time. It's really an exciting thing for Taormina, right? But today, the star of the show is Alessandra. So... Tell us, why did you select Alessandra Tessari as your favorite producer?
1: Well, you know, I truly believe that the world of wine is all about people, actually, you know. So, Alessandra is a, is a young and bright person that I enjoyed having wine conversation with. I would like you all
0: to have this joy as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and then what are the learning objectives that we should be expecting from this interview? Well, we usually have at the Clubhouse and the Italian Wine Podcast. We usually have producers. They
1: tell about the state, they tell about the region, and all. But this case is a bit different because I invited Alessandra actually to speak. She's a young professional and she grew up in Soave area and being an ambassador of it actually. So I invited her for this interview so we could see a bit different perspective of Soave area with her eyes, you know, and just see this region. From the eyes of a person who grew up there, because we come to the area and we enjoy being a visitor. These are the places that we read about in the books, we learn in lectures and seminars, and we come, we're so excited. So today we will see a bit different perspective of the region from the person who actually lives there.
0: Yeah, I look forward to also listening to Alessandra's perspective as somebody from the area. So last question is, how did you discover the wines of Cantina di Monteforte?
1: Well, it's actually an intriguing story. I spotted out the wines uh, of Cantina di Monteforte when I was judging at Five Star Wines Professional Panel in March of this year. I just spotted out some interesting soave that I happened to taste. I looked at the results that were published and it was listed Cantina di Monteforte. So I came to meet them during VinItaly at their stand. And that's how I met Alessandro first time. And it seemed like we clicked together very good as we both share passion for soave wines. And later I came to visit the Cantina. I must say that it's a very curious case when one producer, it's a cooperative, it's one producer who makes different UGAs of soave Classico. Usually a producer makes one, two, maximum three. But Cantina di Monteforto makes at least four, I think, you know, along with other labels. So this is a very interesting case. And I think we will touch this as well, how they manage to do that, actually. And uh, as I know, Alexandra is a big fan of this classification of UGAs. She will also explain why. Okay, so let's invite Alessandra. Huh?
0: Yeah, okay. So I am going to mute myself. And if you have any questions from the audience, um, you can just write it here in the room chat on Clubhouse. So yeah, best of luck.
1: Thank you, like Ciao, Alessandra. Let me do a quick introduction. Alessandra grew up in the North uh, of Italy in Suave Classico Hills. She's the daughter of wine growers. Since the beginning of her life, she wanted to go abroad and discover other cultures. She graduated in Japanese at CAF Sommelier uh, AIS, and studying for WCT3, moved abroad to Japan and UK for almost one year. And currently, she works in Cantina di Monteforte as a co op in Suave Classico area, explaining to foreigners the potential of Garganiga and the beautiful wine world. So, her motto is see your home through a foreign's eyes. So, that's it.
2: Ciao, Alessandra. How are you today? Ciao, Anna. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you all. I'm fine. I'm really envious of you and like I can, that tomorrow you go to Sicily. I think that you will learn a lot about wine there. It's going to be also an international program. So really looking forward, not only Italian wines. You know, sometimes it's, yes.
1: it's good to see a bit outside of the box. I, Although I'm quite, I'm I'm very passionate about Italian wine specifically. So Alessandra, I got uh, a first question for you. It's actually about your childhood memory. Can you recall what was your first lifetime memory related to wine? How old were you approximately?
2: Well, thank you for this question because my first lifetime memory uh, was around at age five years old. Well, I was born during harvest in a family. Where everyone produced wine, so like my grand grandfather started producer not well, produce wine for them from themselves, but selling wine for a cooperative. It was harvest time, the lifetime. It was harvest time, and all my family, also my dad, brother, mom, and grannies, uh, we were in the fields to picking up the bunches grapes. And during harvest, I can't stay at home alone. And so in the afternoons, uh, they bring me with them in the fields and to make me feel comfortable. My grandmother paid me whenever I filled the wool basket with grapes. Well, at that time, uh, it was like 1992, 93. It was like uh, 2,000 of lire, like a few, few money. But if I thought about that memory and insight, uh, I like to remember that memory because they usually told me the story of the parcel of the field, uh, the single vineyard, the UGA, that uh, I'm still uh, explaining to the customer and uh, to people that visit the Suave Classico area, uh, how pruning is better in a specific field, uh, the potential of garganega, that the, the grapes uh, that we produce uh, Suave. And actually it became very useful also for my job uh, remember that kind of uh, memory so I think uh, my childhood uh, at five years old uh, until uh, until 10 uh, 11 so when I did the uh, harvest with my parents yeah
1: well that's very interesting and uh, considering that you being on the on the vineyards uh, that early <laughs> in your childhood and you uh, learned a lot already from your family members, why did you decide
2: to um, take a sommelier course? Why was it important for you? Uh, well, um, well, since the beginning, I wanted to go abroad. I well, actually, I was born in a, a village, a small village in Suave Classique area called Brognoligo. Since the beginning, I wanted to go abroad, but uh, uh, became a sommelier. It was a turning point for me because I studied in Japan through university. And when I was there, I always thought about my future. Well, a language could open your mind, but unfortunately it is a skill. So I wanted to apply what I learned in a specific field. And when I was in Tokyo, all my Japanese friends, I lived there in a Japanese family, were so enthusiastic about my roots, uh, harvest, how wine is produced. uh, Because actually, 12 years ago, producing wine in Japan were not so Popular and so I went back to Italy to finish my master at Caffuscari University in Venice. I studied to become a sommelier, so I decided to carry on my study, finish my study in Japanese language and culture, but uh, approach with uh, wine culture. Well,
1: I understand that sommelier education is a, is a turning point for many of us. Actually, listening to this story, once you you are an enthusiast, but it's a game changing thing when you, when you actually learn more about traditions about grape varieties about techniques and and all the scientist part behind the winemaking and um yeah so uh, can you please share what are your current duties in the estate now I know you're a multitask person
2: <laughs> Yes actually you know me better Yeah, well, uh, I work in a cooperative in Suave Classico area. but uh, uh, It's a cooperative, but it seems like a family mostly. I'm in charge of sale and marketing uh, together with my colleague Luca. We follow the customer from the fair and after to prepare the bottle with label, tailoring... uh, And then with the documents to export. But actually, I really like uh, wine world. And so I really like speaking about wine. So when there is a chance, I bring the clients in Soave Classico Hills with my 500 or the car to explain the power of our land that many times is underrated because it's really difficult to explain a land, in this case, my home, even if uh, you never seen it, because actually Soave. You can find at the supermarket, but actually all the wines that you see, just only the bottles, you don't know the story behind the label. So my aim, my goal is to explain what is uh, inside a bottle and uh, explain with passion uh, my work and my job. Yeah,
1: I guess one day you will become famous with your little Fiat car. (laughs) It's absolutely beautiful. It's um, sky blue color. It's uh, uh, almost 50 years old. True vintage. <laughs> it has a it has a window on the on the ceiling and on the top of the car. <laughs> so I I was lucky like to um, ride it with you. Yeah, but when you show the hills of Soave to foreigners, do you actually see it differently yourself? In what way?
2: Well, probably thanks to my study and all the experience that I made, I can see my land through a foreign eyes. When you got used to see amazing landscape, you don't recognize it since when someone from outside say, hey, uh, well, this place is amazing. For example... It happens when my marketing professor at Kafuskari University, she is uh, Junko Kimura, she is a professor from uh, Osei University, visit my home. She was in Italy for research and the goal of her study was uh, the IGP project. She was doing research how to apply also in Japan. And she was so interested in how we cultivate grapes, how cooperatives work, how we produce oil because... Because actually in our land, mostly we produce wine, but also cherries and oil. And in that point, I understood that even if for us it's normal, for someone from abroad, it's different. And so I changed my point of view. I start to explain usual things from a different perspective way. I think that the point that I explain to customers what my land it is.
1: Do you think uh, that there are some things that locals from Soave area don't realize about the area as much? What are those things? Something that is obvious for you, but people don't really realize how special that is for them.
2: It's a really difficult question, but probably could be recognized but the beauty in every act they do. For example, treat the fields uh, in a sustainable way, for example. Don't put rubbish in the fields uh, or because beauty is really important also for the mind and also for the spirits inside. And traveling, it helps a lot. Uh, See other countries in which way they work, not only grapes, uh, but also other kinds of cultivation. I think that better ideas come when your mind are in a relaxed mood and also come from other fields. I would like that more synergy between wine producer and probably go abroad and see other grape variety and other winery from abroad to see how they works and go back and apply in our land. I think it's a very Japanese way you put the answer.
1: So it's really all about beauty Uh, for me. So, our hills is one of the most beautiful places in the world, Uh, just because it's so even. It's a beauty created by nature, together with a human, you know, all these terraces, all these vineyards, and actually people of soil Classico keep these hills in a proper condition, you know, because with a lot of rain, there might be soil going down. So they maintain terraces and really keep the beauty of this place, <laughs> this even, you know, as it should be, I guess. Do you think that most of people take this beauty for granted? Maybe, huh? They, they may be think that all other places outside are as beautiful or people get to live in um, as beautiful places everywhere else. Is it that also
2: or it's um, a wrong perspective that I'm drawing? No, uh, I think that it's a good point that you say and actually acting, treat your land with beauty and see like with beauty. It will be helpful also for the people that... uh, work and live there and uh, you don't go, get bored after this landscape. I always recommend to travel, <laughs> go abroad and see other prospective way and after go back and see uh, how beautiful land uh, we live because actually after I will say but our land in the past was covered by the ocean, tropical ocean. Well, we are surrounded by former volcanoes and it's amazing because we cultivate grapes in the former volcanoes. It's quite amazing. But if you got used to these things, you don't recognize it. If you go abroad, you can see other reality. And after you back, you understand this kind of land is such a gem. And we have to preserve, maintaining, firstly.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. It's very important to go abroad and see and compare and cherish. Uh, the place where you grew up. As a person who lives now, not in the, at the place where I grew up, I'm, I can say that after all my travels, I get to see uh, the place where I was born and, and get to see my parents and family. I cherished the place way more. I understand the specialty of this place way better than I used to when I grew up, when I was 10, 15, or even 18 you know, of the age. So these are very valuable things that you that that you're saying. You know, Alexandra, uh, if you let's say if Suave region was a person, <laughs> let's imagine that. How would you describe it? At what age, male or female? What kind of character? Could you do you have enough imagination
2: to to tell me? Well, Suave is benefited thanks to the name. That means pleasing, agreeable. So. A good point for Suave. Well, my thought uh, Suave is a young, mostly young, no matter the gender, but generation, open to the new challenge without fear. Intelligent, uh, full of enthusiasm, uh, open and ready to get into the world. I always thought about Suave as a young perspective way because uh, actually Suave and Garganega, that the grapes that come from, is really versatile. You can do everything with Garganega from dry white wines, uh, sparkling uh, vintage wine. So I would like to put in the young generation and uh, really full of enthusiasm and, and ready to enter in many markets. So I hope and in the future we'll give uh, this kind of opportunity also, for, not for only from Cantina di Monteforte, but all the producers, that uh, all the wineries that produce Suave.
0: Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it's quite surprising. I... I thought you would draw a bit different picture, but that's uh, that's very interesting, actually. So this young energy, you think, huh? Really nice. Considering the wine scene, considering the style of uh, modern Suave classical wines, I would agree, actually, because these wines are just showing their full potential yet. I think they still very underestimated. They still will show their best at the wine scene, definitely. But, um, you know you're a representative of a young generation you told me actually that a lot of young people want to leave want to go from from home want to go from soave area to somewhere else live somewhere abroad or some some other place in italy or some other place in europe so what do you think what makes them want to do that i mean when i come to visit it seems to me the the most beautiful place. It's perfect. It's very quiet. It's peaceful. It's very harmonic. But you live there all the time, and you definitely have a different approach. You have different um, perspective. What makes young people
2: uh, want to live? Uh, well, it depends. What are you looking for? It's not easy to live in the countryside, but in you know, Italy, I think, uh, for many reasons, there are pros and cons. Pros is the peaceful. Is the landscape. For me, for example, when I was in Japan, is the light of the sun that in summer lasts uh, until 9 pm. In Japan, at 4 pm, it's already dark. Cons, uh, if you want to do something not related with agriculture, you have to move away. For example, during COVID, it was really a struggle for me. And so that's why, but you know, uh, I became a beekeeper because I usually. I worked a lot during Covid in the in di Monteforte and I didn't uh, I can't move and I I'm a curious person I usually tr- go abroad to visit my friend to discover new cities and new culture but actually during Covid I can't so I became a beekeeper to concentrate my energy. So I think that my grandma usually said that roots for a person are important but we aren't trees. So it depends. There are many steps of the life. So you have to balance and understand what's the most important for you and what you want to achieve in the future. I understand when younger people want to go abroad because actually I, I wanted me in the past to go abroad. But you have to balance and understand what you want to do as a job and uh, obtain uh, as a personal, uh, like culture skills. Just your personal opinion: if somebody
1: decides to go or hesitating about whether to leave or whether to stay, whether bring something good for the area they live in or just go abroad and seek happiness somewhere else, <laughs> seek for um, a spouse somewhere else, seek for a job somewhere else. What's your personal uh, opinion? Shall shall young
2: people go? Or shall they stay? Or oh, shall they go? Of course, uh, yes. Because, uh, but for personal things, uh, they need uh, to discover the world or the other culture or other people. And after they can go back, and uh, they give the contribute, of course, of our land. If you stay in the same place for all the time, you can't understand the beauty because you got used to this landscape. If you go abroad, if you met uh, other culture, other people, you understood uh, the power of this land, uh, but not only in the classical area, but in all over the world. So that's why I usually uh, say to go abroad, uh, to make uh, many experiences, uh, and after, if they want, uh, go back and contribute uh, to Italy, I mean to, to the, the homeland, uh, to increase the value also to give the contributor to increase uh, them.
1: You know, I would I would agree with this uh, perspective, maybe because I, I did that myself when I was a young person. I also moved to see the world and to, not the whole world, but some parts of it, of course, but uh, I also wanted to see something else and just enrich my life with other perspectives. Let's go back to the wine, the suave, the beautiful suave. What do you think are the most specific traits of Soave classical area, and uh, what influences the style the most? I mean, you're the right person to ask because you know the area so much, and you show it to other people, to tourists. What is your answer to this?
2: What are the specific traits? Well, firstly, I say that you are young, you are still young, and you go. Uh, I mean, you come from uh, Russia and you live in Slovenia, so you contribute to the place where you live. So, I mean, we are on the same point of view. So that's why probably we understood each other about uh, what we are doing. Uh, About Soave, mostly that I like to speak about fine. Well, if I think about Suave Classico, uh, when, when you speak about Suave Classico, we speak about the historical hills of uh, Suave, so mostly Suave municipality and Monteforte d'Alpone. If I have to speak about uh, Suave Classico, probably in two words, uh, basaltic stone and garganega. Well, imagine that uh, 50 millions of years ago, our area was covered by tropical ocean and volcanoes underground. And over the years, uh, that kind of volcanoes have been emerged and men started to cultivate vines there. Thanks uh, to the consortium from uh, 2019, uh, Suave has 33 UGA, that you already told, uh, is like a geographical mention, single vineyards as a cantina in Monteforte we have the chance to vinificate uh, four of them and it's really interesting because we can see the potential of terroir in the glass of wine uh, for example i'm really related to Castellaro because actually my uh, my parents have uh, had Uh, a parcel of field there. Castellaro was a former volcano, so basaltic soil mixed with iron. Really impressive, the color of the soil. And uh, the shape of Castellaro is really uh, kawaii. It's really cute in a Japanese way. Is really cute because it's uh, recognizable uh, from uh, like all the Alpone Valley, that uh, the the valley that we are by. Because it's recognizable because on the top of the volcanoes there is a hood, and you can go up there and see the beauty landscape with the vine grapes. It's really, really amazing. There we produce a Suave Superiore Classico di ucg It's a well-balanced wine with hints of apricot. For example, um, the particular things of uh, our wineries that uh, we vinified all the single vineyards in different ways but also in different periods. For example, Castellaro we finished harvest two days ago. It was the last time. On the feet of Castellaro there is another Ugia called the Tremenalto born from lava flows of the former volcano Castellaro. There, there are steep slopes around 40%, facing to the north and northwest. So the grapes are really, really ripe in the middle of September. So the harvest start from the middle of September. is a suave classico with hint and really, really freshness. In this UGA, we carry on the project of World Biodiversity Friend uh, to preserve biodiversity, it's uh, a project that uh, we start uh, during COVID. Well, I became a beekeeper, and uh, me and the agronomist think, okay, what we can contribute to the environment? So we found uh, the association World Biodiversity Friend, and also thanks. Uh, with our agronomist Andrea and our vinegrowers, we create an environment of comfortable for all the pollinating insects. So we put the the bee the bee house there. We put some plants uh, to increase, uh, like the bees, the bone bees. and it's really interesting how we carry on this project, not only for to produce wine but also for the environment. And the third is Foscarino, but probably the well-known UGA, single vineyard in Suave Classico. Thanks to other private wineries that they made a really good job to explain the potential of this terroir, Foscarino is surrounded by woods and it's really helpful, uh, that woods uh, for the ventilation and to have healthy bunches and a good wine for longevity. That's why our Fuscarino stay in the wood barrel for at least one year. Because Garganega, the mother grapes of Suave, is really versatile and give her the best in the ears, expressing uh, the noise, tony stony scent, and uh, it's really incredible and really creamy in the ears. So Suave can be easy drinkable. I like to say that Suave Classico, for example, now we are selling 2022, it's really easy drinkable wine, but also there are many facets of Suave. For example, our Foscarino is 2021. Amazing wine that you can see the potential of Garganega in the years. And uh, the last, uh, but not least, because I like so much, Monte Grande, is another Suave Classico Superiore DOCG. That particular basaltic tough soil gives uh, some citrus note, that totally different, for example, for Castellaro that uh, is the same Suave Classico Superiore, like appellation, but totally different. It's really interesting how a uh, parcel of fields uh, vinificated uh, in different periods and in different style can uh, make we can made different uh, and specific uh, features of a uh, kind of wine.
1: Thank you. that's that's very interesting. Yeah, the area is so versatile and so indeed, uh, wines from different UJs are having a very different character. It's always curious to to explore other labels, other UJs, compare them with each other. Just as you described, some, some have more uh, some wines have more minerality. some are more ripe, also depending on the temperature, depending on exposure, the soils are very uh, fertile. So on the top of the hill, sometimes if there is a forest, it looks really like a jungle. You took me once to that. What was that? UJ remind me. Was it Castellare?
2: Yes, right, Castellaro. Yes, Castellaro.
1: Yeah. So it really on the top of the hill there is a small piece of forest, but it's so wild as if we are on somewhere in the Amazon region. You know all these plants. From above, from the ground, it's really a lot of plants in one uh, square meter. I can say very, very surprising to find it in
2: uh, in Italy on the hills of Veneto uh, region, in the soave hills. Quite surprising, and it's strange because if you see that uh, many years ago it was a volcanos so that actually, if you think about volcanic soils, you think about Etna, you think about Stromboli, but actually they are active volcanos, but uh, we are lucky that here and in Colliugani, in the north of Italy, we are lucky because actually we have volcanic soil that gives really minerality, freshness on the wine, that uh, they became a really outstanding wine.
1: Yeah, I agree. And how do you actually manage in cooperative to have all these different labels? I don't know any other example where a producer has so many UJs all together in one hand. How do you manage to have all these labels? I think
2: that we tried, this is a project, the first project was Castellaro, with Castellaro Suave Classico Superiore that you, we went together. Well, actually, uh, we have won three glasses of Gamero Rosso with the vintage 2015. It was the first project of uh, our director. How can we handle? Uh, It's difficult because actually we have to explain to everyone the potential. You mean explaining it to the wine growers, yeah, who work in the area? Yes, but actually to the consumer, you asked me about the consumer, right? How can I explain them? Both sides, actually. Both sides is interesting. You have to explain to wine growers to actually stick to the... Yes, no? but the vine growers, uh, yes, because they're selling us the grapes. So, for example, in Castellaro, we have uh, six vine growers that have the fields. So, for example, we started uh, 10 days ago the harvest. We know that only 10 uh, this kind of vine growers can give us the grapes to vinify Castellaro. And there is specific tanks uh, uh, so, you know, uh, we try to preserve the terroir and the grapes. Uh, we divide the mass, the liquid, to understand the potential. And after, we understood in the years that Casterlino, Castellaro has a specific features, such as Tremenalto, Montegrande too, and Foscarino. So, it's difficult to explain to the consumer, but it's not too much difficult when they taste, because they are different, I thought they come from Suave Classico area. So everything depends from the soil that comes from. because if you go to Castellaro you can see basaltic soil with iron. Tremenalto is tough like Monte Grande. Foscarino, for example, is a mixed soil, but thanks to the hair, the ventilation of the wood, totally different kind of wine. So it's more difficult to explain. When you taste the wine, you understand that totally different wine, I mean totally, uh, the Fil Rouge, there is, of course, the Fil Rouge of uh, Garganega, but from the different soil, we can make uh, a different kind of wine. And uh, this is pretty amazing. And I think that is the potential of Garganega, because, for example, Tremenalto is uh, 2022, Foscarino is 2021 depends on the vintage that we are selling for so it's most difficult to explain that when you taste you understood that, that yes this is Tremenalto and the specific features of that kind of parcel of land.
1: Yeah I feel you I feel you so much because I did the seminar on Soave classical wines on different UGAs and it's impossible to explain people why these wines are different unless you actually show the map, you show all these different plots with uh, these hills, with different exposure, with different height and just composition of the soil. Yeah, just these things that you're talking about and it's impossible to explain without showing actually how land looks like, Uh, showing them hills at, at the video or at pictures. And really explaining the background of okay. of this whole idea of uh, microzoning, you know, there are enough uh, specialists that are quite skeptical about microzoning. You know, there is this debate going on in the in the wine world whether this microzoning is is a good thing or it's just an additional or or it makes everything more more difficult to understand. In the eyes of uh, wine enthusiasts, in the eyes of uh, wine consumers. So I'm definitely on the side for this idea of UJs because I see how much work was done, how much study was done to actually um, select these different plots to to show the difference of all this area. And um, yeah, I, I agree that Consorzio did a very good job on, on actually doing all these studies and explaining. And it's still a long way to go to communicate this idea of UJs. Because when people drink wine from Burgundy, it's quite obvious for them that Chardonnay from all these different areas, it can be different. But they cannot expect that from Suave Classical because it's it's quite underestimated still. But considering all the different markets that you work with, who do you think are the most interested in this concept of UJs? Do you think that Japanese market is is uh, quite interesting? Is it uh, maybe a first-hand, maybe it's one of the biggest consumers for Suave Classico? Or what
2: is your picture on that? Well, this is my cup of tea. I mean, uh, because actually uh, this is my master's thesis at the university. So I studied a lot about uh, Suave, but mostly Suave Classico, how uh, Suave Classico entered in Japanese market. And yes, uh, Suave made a good job with Japanese market, but uh, I would like to say that it's only the beginning. I thought uh, it started at 1970 because Japanese market uh, needed to build uh, customer loyalty. That's why it increased step by step and slowly. But uh, for us, for example, it gave us many satisfaction. For example, in 1970, Suave was a well-known white wine in Japanese market. For example, uh, the white wine Italian was uh, Suave and the red wine was uh, Chianti. Why it happens? Because uh, they have been the first Italian wine to enter in the market. After years, other Italian wine, of course, entered, have the possibility to enter in Japanese market but suave, still be recognizable in Japanese consumers' eyes. It's difficult to explain uh, to Japanese market the UGA, the single vineyards, the plots. Like, uh, they have to visit us and we explain. They are really interested in how we uh, work in the vineyards. They are really curious. And for us, it's really, really uh, a good challenge. And for us, it's really uh, satisfactor- uh, satisfactory things because uh, they are really happy to know how we manage the wine and also the, the grapes. Consortio, for example, made a good job with the UGA, but also with the many campaign that made in Japanese market to stimulate the selling of Suave there. For example, for, uh, my, for Cantina di Monteforte, Japan is the second export country. We actually work very good with them. For example, I have been in Japan for a job uh, two months ago to join an event in Fukuoka. And I was impressive how many people, how many Japanese people was drinking Suave. <laughs> and as a curious person that I am, I tried to speak with the, all the participants at the event. And many of them are at the, the event, so join the event because suave is a good wine, is a drinkable, freshness but actually easy to match with the meal they cook at home. I was so impressive how the owner of a restaurant worked. They made, a, for example, some gadgets, some t-shirts, fun, with printed Suave to create a kind of community with the owner and the customer. And this happened because they had the possibility to visit Suave and see through their eyes, the landscape and meet us, the producer. So it sounds like they became a kind of a Suave Ambassador in Japan. So that's why Suave is really popular. In the Italian wine, uh, Suave is at a higher place just for this reason because, uh, for example, Consorto made a good uh, campaign like uh, Suave by the Glass, Suavissimo from the restaurant owner to increase the value of Suave. Well, actually, UGI exists. It's difficult to explain, it takes time. And uh, the clients, the customer need to visit us to understand the potential of our land. It's uh, if I speak uh, just like uh, our Tremenalto, our Castellaro, it's like this because the soil, the exposure, it's quite difficult to understand. But if you come to our land to see actually what is it, uh, this kind of UGR, what are the the single vineyards. You understand that after you taste the wine, you understand the potential of Garganica in this kind of soil.
1: Yes, I would add that both things are very important to actually to see the place, or at least to see the 3D map. And second is to actually taste a different level of these different areas, because then you see the whole difference, the whole idea behind it. Definitely. Uh, Alessandra, we have a question from our followers. And it, the one is from Kevin. He's asking, he's saying, it's no doubt that these wines are world class. Are you witnessing outside investment in the region? Is there any outside
2: investment in the region, Alessandra? Do you know anything about it? Well, investment, you mean that other wineries from other, uh, other wineries from uh, uh, outside come uh, in our land? Like, you mean this? Yeah, investors from outside of Suave investing in the area to produce wines. Actually, uh, I think that uh, many wineries think that Suave has a potential. And uh, there are many wineries that uh, produce, uh, for example, the red wines such as Valpolicella, but also Suave. Because uh, actually it's an uh, easy drinkable wine. For me, for example, Suave the Vintage 2022 is like uh, summer, summer wine. Easy drinkable, uh, freshness. Uh, it means like uh, a good memory uh, for summer time. There are many investments, of course, and uh, it has a potential our land. Of course, we are in the border between uh, Valpolicella and Prosecco. And so it's quite hard for us to survive. But actually, I think that with the UGR, we have the potential and uh, we have to explain to others what uh, our soil it is and our potential uh, we have. Actually, Garganega is uh, amazing grapes, uh, versatile, that you can do everything with this, from sparkling wine. For example, in Japan, it's really popular Suave Spumante, that actually in Italy, not really popular. So you can do everything with Garganega and so other wineries uh, from other uh, land uh, see a potential.
1: Thank you so much, Alessandra. It turned out to be a very interesting conversation all in all, discussing uh, soave UGA, soave so soave styles of wine and also you being an ambassador and a person who who actually grew up in this area, you showed a very interesting picture of the Classical wines in the region. So thank you so very much. I'm returning the floor to Laika.
2: Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much uh, for inviting me. And I hope uh, you enjoyed the conversation. And uh, uh, if you have time, if you have a chance, uh, visit our land and taste uh, not only our Cantina di Monteforte wines, but all the producers that produce Soave Classical wine.
0: Okay, so thank you so much for the time and thanks a lot for also for our ambassadors who dropped in to listen in. I wanted to ask one last question. How can our ambassadors reach you, for example, to visit you?
2: Yes, you can visit in the winery. You can visit uh, Cantina di Monteforte and uh, we start to, to invest in, uh, in enotourism to force a customer to visit us and understand the potential, of course. And so uh, we do like wine tasting, uh, we, can do, we can go in the hills by car. And also we do a kind of harvest with the vine growers uh, from other customers that want to visit our land. For example, three weeks ago, come our customer and try to do harvest uh, with us. It was really, really interesting. And so if you want uh, to visit us, please feel free to ask me or write me.
0: Okay, thanks a lot, Alessandro. Um, Before I close the room, I would like to also mention that if you guys want to host Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner in the near future, you can write us at info at italianwinepodcast.com. All right, so that's it, guys. And thanks. Bye, everyone.